Hi, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Mirko. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure and absolute honor to have you here. I hope you're safe. And I just want to share my gratitude towards uh, each and one of you uh, listening, watching. It's just uh, been an incredible journey. So I hope that you got yourself your cup of coffee, that you're well. And uh, well, we got Louise here. So we're going to ch- jump right into it. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, good. Finally, someone from this side of the world. So it's uh, it's uh, it's quite cool. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I'm uh, super happy and uh, very thankful. I know you're you're busy doing all, all things. So um, first thing, how are you and your family with this interesting times? Um, I'm pretty well. Well, I'm living in New Zealand. I guess we're like quite fortunate. <laughs> We're like this tiny island far from everyone. So like we're doing actually really well. Um, thank God. Um, my family is in Germany at the moment. So they're doing like pretty well as well. I think Germany is one of the European countries that is not affected that much. So yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Good to hear. That's great. And uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I was reading an interesting article about New Zealand a couple of months ago where there's a lot of rich people around the world looking to buy mansions in New Zealand because then if there's another pandemic happening, then they will be like, well, New Zealand know how to deal with that shit. So very interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, so uh, thank you for coming. Um, Louise, is that good? Lu- Louise? Good. Good. Um, Louise, just could you kindly maybe tell us a little bit more about you and how did you get started into this crazy coffee world? Yeah, so um, as I said, I'm originally from Germany. Um, and as you know, like in Europe, we like our really dark roasted coffee on filter with a lot of milk in it. That's how I started. <laughs> um, and then I moved to Australia, to Melbourne actually, uh, right after I graduated from school. And I fell in love with coffee, like, straight away. I was just blown away. Um, Got my first coffee job in 2015. And I just fell in love with the diversity, the physics, the chemistry, everything about it. And just three uh, three years later, I moved to New Zealand and got a job at a roastery, uh, Flight Coffee. And worked there ever since. Um, and yeah, so I, I went from barista to roaster and hopefully green bean buyer one day. <laughs> that's the goal. Okay. okay, that's the goal. That's super interesting. I mean, I'm from Italy, so I, I get a dark. But I didn't start drinking coffee until I was in Melbourne. So I, I, I did quite, quite the opposite. Uh, but and then... What, what, you know, when you say, you know, you graduated from school, what, like, did you study university or from high school? No, high school. I, I left early. I was 19. <laughs> and yeah, I left on the other side of the world, like, for quite, for quite a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Same. I left at, I was 20. Uh, I didn't go to uni. And uh, yeah, I've been, I've been in Melbourne for, yeah, fuck, nine years. Anyway, um, Sometimes I stop and I'm like, wow, nine years is a lot of, a 
fair, fair bit of time. And um, so was always coffee your sort of like, that's what I want to do? Always what, or something else that you wanted? Um, well, you know, I didn't really know about the coffee world until I moved to Melbourne. So up until then, I actually wanted to be an actress. That was like my thing. <laughs> and then um, I kind of, yeah, I just like really fell in love with coffee and also the flexibility that it gave me. I was able to travel a lot and work in coffee. Um, and yeah, I was fortunate enough to travel to Origin and, and stuff with it. And I just... Yeah, I just uh, stick with it, and I just I like, gave up the acting career. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just, I just, I just find it super interesting that every coffee person has such a cool story. I mean, we can def we can safely say acting. Ver I mean, there's a little bit of acting when you know the Karen of the world walks into the shops, or you know, like I get it. You know, you gotta fake a smile sometimes, but. Um, it's just such an interesting perspective how you just were like, no, I just really love coffee. Fuck it, I'm just gonna pursue it. And was it difficult, I suppose, mentally or uh, with family or did you have any sort of like pressure when you were like, well, people were like, no, you shouldn't get into coffee? Um, well, I, they don't really understand it. I think they start to understand it a little bit better because they're seeing that I'm doing well now and they're getting more interested. I try to explain it to them. It's like wine, for example. That's always like a good example. If like someone doesn't understand coffee, I just like, yeah, um, give an example of wine. And they're just happy that it makes me happy, I guess. Um, I think it's a better and safer option than acting anyway so <laughs> i think they were just like glad that i <laughs> um changed my mind <laughs> on that <laughs> yeah no I, I, yeah 100 <laughs> i can yeah I, i'm hearing you yeah and and so okay and then did you also start looking at competition and what was that for you like yeah um so i actually had my first competition last year um Obviously, this year we tried again, but New Zealand cancelled um, because of COVID. Um, but we're having our next competition in March next year, um, and yeah, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to it. Nice, nice, and I think what I just enjoy witnessing for the past eighteen, twenty-four months, especially, is that we have such a, and I don't want to make it political, but. I'm so happy to see how coffee is just, you know, there's so many more uh, female presence within coffees from yeah. competition to, well, soon to be, you know, cream bean buyer or, you know, roasters. And, and, and it's, just, it's just very nice to see. I think coffee, it's all about diversity. I was talking about it and inclusivity. And I think that we didn't really have, we didn't do a good job maybe at the very start. And now I, I just I just love witnessing this. It's just very very inspiring for you, but also for, it's good for the entire community, but also for those young females who are looking at, well, can I actually do it? Like, is it possible for me to get a career out of it? And you're just inspiring all these other young females. And there's a whole bunch of people. That do, yeah, yeah it's, it's actually interesting that you say that because I don't know any other female roasters. And um, I had this conversation with a few people already. And yeah, I wish that females would get a little bit more involved in that and 
competitions is the same thing. Like we have a couple of girls that compete um, here, but it's like definitely mainly um, very male heavy. Um, I did have a chat to, I met Aga uh, once and I had a chat to her about that as well. And she was just like, no, in Poland, they're mainly girls. And I'm like, we should all be more like that. <laughs> that <would be> so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it's interesting because it's like, obviously, different countries based on certain events and episodes have a stronger influence onto that. So, for instance, obviously, you know, she became the world barista champion. So that probably fueled, uh, inspired more and more, uh, you know, barista females in Poland. And then we got, obviously, you know, South Korea, and we have all these other countries. So, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. I mean, someone to maybe that you want to check out if you don't know her yet is probably Ann Cooper. Uh, she's She's been roasting, like, she's been in coffee, like, 25 years, and she's, like, amazing. And, uh, yeah, you might know. She's, uh, she's definitely to keep an eye on if you, if you, if you want to look for female roasters, for sure. But uh, it's good to see. And uh, what, what sort of, you know, coffee is vast, barista competing, owning a coffee shop, roasting, buying beans. What's the one thing that you like? This is what I like. I could do every single day. Um, I really enjoy competing. Like I, last year, I would say I scored um, to become like the runner up um, for my first time competing. And that was obviously because I had incredible trainers, but I also just really loved training. Um, I got really passionate about it. Um, but then also just like the main thing I want to do for the rest of my life is probably like origin trips, cuppings and yeah, just working with farmers. Um, so the roastery that I'm working for called Flight Coffee, but they're the same founders as the green buying company Raw Material. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Yeah, so they're the same owners and the same founders. So they're doing like incredible projects all over the world. In Timor-Leste, Colombia is very famous. We have our own farm there. And I just want to be part of the journey. I just want to, you know, help um, and just, yeah, just start those projects with them, basically. <laughs> That's my goal. Well, what you say is beautiful. The, the two things that stand out for me is like, you very easily said for the rest of my life, which I think it's super cool. Uh, I don't even know if you realize that you said that, which is amazing because yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's, just, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and obviously the fact that you enjoy the process of training and competing, because I think that enjoying the process is what's required, like the foundation of competing. Because if you don't enjoy training at football, uh, you can't play or same with any competition really. So, I mean, and, and look, competing is not like a stroll in the park at all, both physically, mentally, financially too, to a certain degree. Uh, what, what sort of word do you, would you like to share with people who are starting to look at, I want to get into competition or they maybe just started? Because I think it's relevant. Um, the most important thing I, I think is knowing the rules. That's like what my trainers told me, told me for day one. They're like, read the rules. And when you read it, re read them again. And I was like, oh, this is boring. This is like so many pages. Can't you just tell me 
but it it is so worth it because you really need to know um, where you get your points and what you're allowed to do um, before you spend like all your energy and like you have all these like cool ideas and stuff but at the end you're not actually allowed to do them or they don't give you any points and then it's kind of like you only have 15 minutes like use it efficiently basically um, and then also what really is important to me is whatever I say, I really mean it. Um, it's, I don't think it's like a lot of people are just like really mechanic and they're just duh, 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 duh. like, this is what I have to say. These are all my information, but I just love telling a story. And I think as soon as you're out there and you tell your story, the more fun you have. And, and yeah, absolutely. And it, it Coffee is about storytelling from, you know, origin and talking about producers. Like, and we, we should embrace that even more because then also coffee gathers us all together, you know, at a table. Um, well, these cases on the internet, but, um, and, and, and just out of curiosity, uh, was it for you because of your acting sort of uh, experiences was it a little bit more comfortable for you jumping on stage? Because I'm assuming that that's a big deal for a lot of people getting like keep yeah. stage. I don't think I've ever felt as comfortable during the training as I felt on stage. I was, I don't know what it was, but I was actually freaking out um, in my practice runs to do it like in front of my trainers and they're just staring at me. But as soon as I got on stage, I actually felt really comfortable and had so much fun. I don't, I think that was the best performance I did. It was so funny. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's great. I think that you're advice uh, for people to read the rules as, as number one is, is very relevant i think it's it's a it's a sort of advice that you know it might not be fancy it might not have the the sparkling thing but it's very 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 useful um and you spoke about uh, origin and traveling to origin um i think we can safely say that at the moment you know coffee we had so much fun with it we have done the competitions we've done a lot of different things around the world. What maybe we haven't done or we're trying to do better is to tell those stories from origin back home and to really try to make a more understandable, approachable when it comes to people to understand what, how many hands, how much work is behind a single cup of cafe latte. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What sort of your, like, is that something that it, one of the reasons why you want to get into green buying, like buying green beans and sort of like connecting the two? Yeah. So when I started in coffee, it was like, as I said, like more about um, learning more about the physical and the chemistry about coffee. And then it was the flavors. And then when I started with the company I'm working right now, I just learned so much about um, direct trades, basically, and I, so much about how unfair the farmers' lives actually are. And a lot of people really don't know it, even in specialty coffee. You know, like I was actually really oblivious to it. I was, I always thought, 
oh, if you buy specialty coffee, this is all good, you know, like this is flawless. And then you learn more and more about it. And it's like, actually, no, it isn't. And we actually need to be a little bit, like way more aware of like which green bean by company we're using and where our coffee comes from. Like it is the, to me now the most important thing. And I want to educate people more and more and more because of that. Nice. And I think that I'm sure you have very interesting conversation also with your parents back home because probably, you know, like you were saying how they, you know, they take certain things, but you know, cause, cause it, you know, that, that's where they live, you know, it's like, it's Germany, it's not Melbourne or, you know, in this case, New Zealand. And uh, I would love, yeah, it would be interesting to hear, uh, yeah, you sharing these stories with even you know, your, your most loved ones, which is, uh, which is very interesting. Speaking of Germany, New Zealand, Melbourne, you kind of have done a little bit of a triangle. Um, what, what, what's something that you miss about Melbourne and miss about Germany? But what's something that you really love about New Zealand when it comes to, yeah, coffee? Also lifestyle, I'm assuming. Um, what I miss about Germany and coffee is just the togetherness of it. Like, I have the most beautiful memories of my family always sitting together and drinking filter coffee and eating cake and stuff. Um, I, even the smell of this like dark roasted coffee, I just miss it sometimes. Like I, I don't really enjoy drinking it so much anymore, but it's just, you know, nostalgic. Um, Melbourne, I miss the variety because it is way easier to get really interesting green coffee to, Mel uh, to Melbourne than it is to New Zealand. It is actually very hard to get like a huge variety in here because it's just so expensive. It's so far away. Um, and what I really love about New Zealand is just my company really. Like I couldn't imagine to work for a different company anymore because what they're taught me and how they've supported me in every way is just, yeah, I, I'm very, very thankful and I just love working for them. Cool. I think it's super cool that you shout them out. Like, I, I think it's it's just it just shows that often we forget that we're super lucky to be in coffee because ninety nine percent of people in coffee they're quite good people because we need to be hospitality. It's a core of it. And if you don't like people or you're not that good with people, then you might be in the wrong industry. Uh, and I've been in coffee nine years, and it's like. I rarely, when I was on the road working more on, you know, trying to bring in business for a coffee roaster, people ask me, oh, how you do it? I'm like, well, it's the best job in the world. Like, I just drink a shit ton of coffee and yeah. talk with a lot of cool people. And, oh, but what about rejection? I'm like, oh, it's very friendly. And I said, look, I had maybe one case, but, you know, who knows what that person is going through their lives. Like, I'm not selling vacuum cleaners or we don't respect vacuum cleaners, but, like, I'm not selling something... Like it's coffee and to coffee people. So I think we're lucky. There's a lot of amazing people out there. And for you, it's, you know, obviously uh, the people that fly it. And again, so what sort of role you do there? You just roast, you also do some barista. You like, what sort of, uh, is it more of a multi-diverse role or? Um, so I started off as a barista at their flagship cafe and I was the head barista there. 
but I moved to the roastery last year. So this is when I started roasting and I'm doing the QC um, with, we have two more people in our roasting team. Um, so yeah, it's like the three of us and yeah, it's just like the production basically. Thank you. Uh, and sorry, I haven't spoke to Eugene in a long time. Thank you, Eugene, for that. Um, yeah, I miss you, brother. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so you're quite involved in, in in a few in a few in a few areas, which is uh, I think it's super nice because, from my understanding, this is sort of what I'm picking off you is that you quite I don't know you you come across quite of the person who loves to absorb and learning, um, and and I guess being exposed to so different areas makes uh, I guess like you said fun, engaging, and like you said, like that's the best reason, the best thing about New Zealand for you there, which is super nice, super nice. Okay, absolutely, mm. Mm. very interesting. So, yeah, it's it's it's. How did you like? I think this is actually a question I never asked in eighty-four episodes, and I think it's super important question. How did you actually find the job? Because I think that's something that people give. I give for I, I give it for granted because I got jobs us but like people who want to get into coffee they don't even know how to start with that. how did you actually get that job <laughs> no this is, this is actually really it's actually a really good question yeah so i i lived in melbourne and i just felt ready for a change and i found i did, just did some research on new zealand and started reading about raw material actually now I feel like it's probably in every in every job, but there's kind of like a letter that you need to go through. Um, so I was still a barista. I thought like there's no way they would hire me already. So I moved over to New Zealand and I applied for a barista role, got that job, but I had to work like really hard to prove that I'm committed to the company um, because roasting jobs, they're really limited. Like you don't just show up and they're, you know, there are heaps of them. If you want to work like as a specialty coffee uh, roaster, you have to know the company and they kind of like seek out for talents and stuff. Um, so it took me like two and a half years until I was able to move into a roasting position with them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it showed, like I had to show commitment and a lot of hard work for sure. Yeah, because people, I think, they give for granted that it's just, you know, some sort of application to a, okay, but it's true, like, that. exactly, I remember, I remember when I was working for Toby's, you know, it's a large company now, but, uh, you know, like, you have to start from the shop at the front, and then eventually they might put you on a sample roaster, and you might be stuck there for over a year, you know, like, 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 it's just, it's just, before they were like, okay, now you can start moving on to the bigger ones and start roasting and build the blends or singles, which is, yeah, it, it's a process because, and that's another reason why I don't think that most people understand how much we should appreciate more coffee because food is amazing um, and there is hard work behind it, no doubt. I've met a lot of amazing chefs, but roasting, like there's, there's less roasters than chefs if that makes sense. So, you know, you kind of need to feel a bit special when you drink that cup of coffee because not only there's so much involved within from, you know, origin to cup, but also 
in between there's also that cooking process that allows it to turn out what it is, which is uh, yeah, something that, yeah, hmm, very interesting. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking. Um, uh, <laughs> just my brain, now how it works sometimes, but I get stuck, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna think about this afterwards. All right, cool. Um, so, now when it comes to, you know, going back to sort of where you were at, because I, I like to hear more about it, so it's a, it's a very interesting topic, but what sort of thing do you like to say to those people uh, who are like, well, I should get a safe job even though I really love coffee? Because I think that sometimes, like, I don't know, uh, we kind of stopped and blocked by family, society, and, you know, sometimes even money, and I get it, uh, but, like, I think it's important to have this conversation because if we want to encourage more and more people to get involved in coffee, they need to hear it from people like yourself. Because you, you all the way, let's put it in perspective, you're like, I don't know how much is this, 17,000 kilometers away from home working as a coffee roasteress. Roasteress, roasteress. <laughs> <laughs> there's a female version. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's quite interesting because Germans are actually very much like that. They just want to have a safe job. They're finish school, go to uni, have a safe job, have a house, family, and die. And that's what a lot of people like. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I have a lot of friends like that, and I know a lot of people like that, but my family always encouraged me to just do whatever makes me happy and I I don't know like when I started in coffee I just like knew that this was the thing I wanted to do for my life and my happiness because we do this like all the time like every day all day um, that was just like so much more important to me um, for my mental health than anything else so yeah I just I think just listen to that. <laughs> I, 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 I loved it. And I think that from what you're saying, you and I had a bit of also the privilege and luck to have parents like that. My mom was, is, has always been the same. You know, she's, she's a teacher. She loves studying. Like she, she, oh my God, Italian literature, history, philosophy. Like she's, yeah. she's like always on the books. And when I told her, look, I'm not going to uni. You know, I probably killed her a little bit inside, you know, like, like, but, but then she was like, well, okay, well, as long as you're not, you know, thinking that this is a hotel and you, you know, you work or you do something, you know, and every single thing that came up with her, I was always lucky because no matter what opinion my parents gave me, the last question was always, are you happy? Like when I told them about, I'm going to stay in Australia, I was meant to be here only 12 months. And for parents to hear, I'm remaining to Australia, I mean, I'm not a parent. I can imagine the difficulty emotionally speaking. And uh, they were like, well, as long as you're happy. And I think it, I am super lucky about that. And I think there's not, no everyone is, but uh, it's important to see that happiness should be at the forefront on top of money, just because of that mental health that you said. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually running now a giveaway about mental health where we're giving away five uh, monthly subscriptions for Headspace because I think it's just, you know, it's been a big year for many people, you know, people in coffee have lost their jobs and, you know, they're being stuck at home and, uh, yeah, mental health is very 
underestimated for some reason. Anyway, yeah. uh, thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, very inspiring. So we, we reached the halfway mark, and I have always a, a ritual out-of-the-box question um, for everyone. So if you could, who would you like to have dinner with? It can be anybody. It doesn't have to be coffee, whoever you want. Um, I've been asked that question before, and my answer that time was David Edinburgh. Yeah, because I think he's like the most wonderful man. Um, he did so much for sustainability, for the rainforest. Um, I'm quite big on that as well. Like I, I'm quite big on sustainability. Um, and yeah, I just, I just love him. I adore him. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you're talking. <laughs> you're talking my language here. Um, I don't want again go to, to there too much. But I think. Well, it's good. I'm glad that you brought it up because I think sustainability has been. It's been such a anyway. Great answer. Nobody has said that David Hadbert before, so I'm glad that he made it into the list of the 80 plus guests I've had here. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, and his voice just you know what? There's no animal documentary. That's just, it's just, his voice is so uniquely perfect. Like, also on top of the person, you know, it's like, oh, you know, every time I see other documentary and he's not in it, it's just not the same. Anyway. It's not, yeah. <laughs> but sustainability is just like, it becomes this trendy word to throw out there. Um, and again, I don't want to make it political because I know there's a few people going to re-listen to this and, you know, there's no right or wrong. I understand that in the world. And, but it's just been thrown out there so often. It's such a trendy word. But then it's not just about keep cups. Like, like really, there's so much to it. It's like, it's not just about coffee. It's also about what we buy when it comes to food, when it comes to anything that we purchase as individuals. Because I think that a lot of people are sort of like on the weight of, well, someone will come up with a solution. But the the real quick solution is individuals' choices as consumers because they dictate the demand and supply. The end. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting topic. Yeah, it's one straw said eight million people. That's like one of my favorite phrases. Like it's so true. Like everyone is responsible, and yeah, everyone should do something. And yeah. if it's just a little bit, you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 100%. That's a very interesting topic. Um, well, maybe we could do a sustainability episode, second episode, because I think that 29 minutes is not going to cut it. Because uh, I think, I think I really think that, I don't know, it, it kind of needs to be voiced out more, but being a little bit more direct and harsh, because I think that we, we kind of throw it there as a little bit like, it sounds pretty, but... Yeah, I think there's a, there's, there's a bit more truth to be said because I think that it's not just about the waste of water. It's about, okay, what resources are needed for a liter of milk, cow's milk versus almond milk versus soy milk versus oat milk. And that's like huge because 95-7% of beverages are milk-based. So there's a lot to it. And I think, yeah, I think that everybody's kind of tiptoeing and not everyone... It's a bit, you know, like a scary place because we can't, we can't, you know, just, you know. Anyway, we'll touch base another time. Um, 
going back to Germany instead, um, uh, I was super lucky because with this first sip that Jared Truby introduced, and I've been doing a little bit, and uh, uh, there's been this beautiful three, five, seven uh, people from Germany. Uh, they are from mostly from the uh, Lake of Provence, Pro Provence uh, Lake, or something like that, and. Um, and now they become friends, like, and we just talk every day, and uh, it's, it's super nice, very nice. And now they're like, basically, one of them is going to go up to Berlin, and he's kind of like, hey, well, I want to go on a roastery tour, and I want to send you some coffee, and I'm going to send you some coffee from Melbourne. I think that Germany is really, I was talking to him, and he was like, well, maybe businesses are not evolving, but home brewing is, like, there's more and more home brewing happening in Germany. So is that something that you see with your friends? Um, yeah, so I'm actually from from Berlin. And it's, it's actually so interesting to see like, I actually left Berlin before all these groceries popped up. Now <laughs> <laughs> um, the barn and five elephant, they're ruling the world and I'm missing out on it. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely so like coffee is a huge part of our culture. And we do a lot of home brewing, like literally every household has their own filter machine. And we just, you know, if you invited someone over, you drink coffee. Um, where it's like in Melbourne or in New Zealand, you meet someone in a cafe and you drink outside. It's, I think like most people who go to the roasteries are actually not from Berlin. I think they're mainly, um, you know, tourists or uh, foreigners that move to Berlin. Um, I mean, I, I do it these days. Like whenever I go over and visit my family and friends, we, I always say, oh, let's go to that cafe. But it's actually not very common. It's not really our culture. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there is a little bit of that in Italy because there's a lot of, you know, mocha pots going on, especially at home. Yeah. And, you know, after, after every meal. Um, it's interesting though. You're so spot on about Melbourne. I didn't think about it. You know, it's like, I just started brewing. Like, like I had a grind. I had a scale. I had an aerobrace, but lockdown made me do it. Like, like, and that's that's why I'm like, man, I've been blessed by lockdown because it's like I was so much things that I started. I was lucky because I'm in this position. Not everyone is, you know. I'm brewing so much coffee. It's like super fun. It's like damn. Like I could have done this a year ago, um, but um, yeah, Berlin is definitely on my list. I know it sounds cliche and obvious, but like I've interviewed Ralph and other, you know, I've interviewed the barn and I interviewed five, elef uh, five elephants and, and just hearing them, I'm like, man, I just want to hop on a flight and just go, you know, and, and adventure. But it's interesting to see that locals are not in it. But yeah, Berlin is such an interesting place. Like such a big hub for coffee and even, I don't know, people might hate this, but even, even veganism, like it's such a strong holding city with this interesting things happening and uh, yeah it makes it really a yeah it makes it really up on my list of cities i want to visit it's it's quite funny this comment about germans being too tight um i think that's probably true for like most germans but berlin is or like people from berlin they're very different they actually love going out and spending money and oh i didn't see that oh yeah it was so funny because it's so true like <laughs> um berlin is 
honestly very unique it's honest i i think it's not germany really like there is there aren't no any rules you know and that's what i sometimes really miss about it there's just like people's choice and that's the most important thing it's a great city i would tell everyone to go and food is awesome it's really good yeah and then logan just said don't forget the music which is true because that's uh that's thanks to berlin i believe that's where i think it was berlin where the beatles played a lot so very 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 interesting yeah yeah some people say but well actually well let's take advantage of it some people say that berlin is similar well actually i rephrase it some people say that melbourne is sort of similar to berlin but i never spoke so with someone who lived in both cities and i'd rather hear it from you rather than just make that statement um it's funny because i well i don't think so i think it Good. can't but it's funny because i ha definitely have friends from from melbourne they're they're brought and born in melbourne and they said that Mer melbourne tries really hard to be like berlin and i can see that <laughs> I think Melbourne is very different because it's so young and new and it's, I don't know, it's a wonderful, wonderful city, but it's very different to Berlin. Good. I'm glad that we make this a slip because I think it's just, I, I, I agree. And I think, I think the word young is definitely what it is because obviously it's a much younger city with less history. Well, there you go. Merlin has more history. Melbourne has more beautiful people. Well, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sure Merlin has beautiful people too. Um, okay, so that's cool. That's very nice. That's uh, very interesting because this is a chance for us to be able to travel even with our minds for people who've never been to those countries. And I think, it, you know, we might not be able to for a while. So now, well, actually... Now I actually want to go even more, so maybe that's something. Um, <laughs> um, so, okay, so would you ever sort of consider uh, to, to move back to Berlin temporarily or, you know, permanently or maybe start something more coffee-related there or is that, is that ever crossed your mind? Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I think very long-term I see myself probably back in Europe it's just i do i do love new zealand and the people but like after a while it just feels so far away like it is far away but it feels so far away from everything and everyone and i think long term like i would like to be closer to my family again um but before that happens um i really want to move to colombia that's uh my next goal um and do green bean buying on some sort of that um, over there. And then, yeah, let's see what happens. Wow. Uh, that, yeah, wow. That's, uh, that's super cool. Uh, moving to Colombia. That, 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 would be, that would be, wow, that's super interesting. And, and I think that it obviously draws quite well even though we, we just met, but like it really tells a lot about your character, um, the adaptability of, of, of yourself, because it's uh, even even moving from Germany to Australia, I mean, I've done that Italy from Australia, it's not a huge 
culture shock. I get it. You know, it's like it's still a Western country, but most people don't understand that being an expat, it's not that easy when it comes to visa, the language, and adapting to city and new dynamics from crossing the road because it's opposite than where you come from to other little things that you miss emotionally speaking. And that's why most people don't last as long. They might last one, two, three years, maybe, and then come back, which is fine, by the way. Um, but then it's like even the fact that you like, you know, yeah, I want to go to Colombia. It's like, wow, okay, that's really saying that, yeah, that you're quite good at adapting, which is a very, very good skill to have in, in the world. Cool. Um, okay. And this ties up perfectly with my next question, which is uh, what would you like to see in the future of coffee? And I attach to it, what's your coffee mission, therefore? So I think with climate change and the whole discussion about sustainability, I wish people would think more of the coffee that they're buying because climate change is actually affecting Arabica quite a bit. And I think we have to deal with the fact that, you know, farmers are really struggling with that and that some varieties might not survive. So I wish we would be more concerned about that and focus on varieties that are a bit more sustainable. Like for example, Tabi is amazing. It's this cross between Hebrido de Timor, uh, Tipica and Bobon. Um, and it was grown by the National Federation of uh, Coffee Growers in Colombia um, to save Arabica from um, issues caused by climate change, for example. And um, I wish people would, you know, stop always thinking they have to buy a Panama Geisha and um, this coffee from this rich farmer in Ethiopia and actually focus more on sustainable, sustainable varieties. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I think it just ties up with the fact that, you know, we shouldn't, well, in this case, we shouldn't discriminate uh, varieties of coffee, which is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like a Panama Geisha is wonderful. And it's, oh. uh, it's delicious oh. and everything. I, I get it. But yeah, I think long term. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I. Oh yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's more. I get you. Don't worry. Like, obviously, it's it's good, and just as much as you know, sometimes those. But that's, yeah, but that's what coffee is all about. Like, you know, you would still enjoy a cup of that bitter coffee back home because it means that you are in your house in your living room with your family or with your friends or you know with your loved one. Like it's like. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be always that banging coffee. It can be, you know, it's it's just more than that. And I, and I think that what you said is so correct. Obviously, yeah, you know, some 90 plus geisha coffee is, you know, always quite nice. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough to taste a lot of it when I was working in my last coffee shop. Um, and then, Anyway, so but but there's so much more good coffee out there for sure, hundred percent. And uh, so okay, let's talk about maybe shorter term goals. So like okay, competition is 
what's next for you into your agenda yeah um yeah so the competition is in march i'm obviously hoping to go to athens um that's that's the goal if it's not happening that's fine as well like it, for me it's more about the journey than the end solution but um i'm yeah i'm I, I love training and I always give my best. So yeah, that's definitely my goal. <laughs> and and I, know, I know I can't ask too much about the routine because it's, you know, obviously, you know, don't, don't reveal much, but is, is sustainability something that you would like to see more and more and more, even at competition level we talked about? Um, yeah, for sure. Because, the thing is with competitions and I know competitions have been criticized about it like so many times is that the most expensive coffee just wins and but it's not a coffee comp like it is a coffee competition but it's not a competition about a variety it is a barista competition and I find it sad that always the same varieties are winning or um, the richest person always wins um, I wish it was like a little bit more about the barista, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, actually, there was someone I interviewed, and I really apologize for not remember who he was, but it's been a few episodes. And uh, he was saying how he wishes that competition, even for barista, changed to everybody giving the same coffee, but you wouldn't know what coffee it is until that day sort of thing um and uh or, or like yeah damn i need to go through all these episodes and find it but anyway yeah i think i think that'll be that'll be quite interesting actually um the problem, the problem then is i know like i had so many discussions with people about that but the problem is that you then lose your story you know and i really which, like that aspect about the competition which which is exactly what uh what, what would be missing and that's where it's interesting it would be have to be I mean, look, I think as much as coffee has evolved, maybe there is opportunity some stage for having competition to evolve. I mean, consider, you know, if you watch at the Team Wendable competition video compared to most recent competitions, I think we came a long way when it comes to even the actual event itself. So maybe, yeah, there's going to be new interesting rules or you know new new ways to do it yeah very interesting um so okay competition and athens let's put let's put it into the the bucket list and uh, and then uh, and then colombia so that's sort of the journey that we would like to 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 follow tag along and uh hmm cool this is super good so look i'll just uh just ask you if you got anything left off the table that you want to speak out and uh, the last question is uh, pretty much answered which is usually it's what's next on your planet but you we kind of cover that um yeah i think i think that's it um well it is obviously the competition next year but also um i probably going to be a Q grader um, as well. We're going to do the test if the borders open. The problem is that New Zealand can't do the tests in New Zealand. We have to go to Melbourne for that. So let's see how that goes. But yeah, Q, Q 
Hugh Graders on the list as well. And then, yeah, hopefully, eventually, Colombia. Damn. And then eventually back to Germany. So you, you know, you sort of, you know, you, you complete the circle. Yeah. yeah. Working from home um, in Germany. Working and from home in Germany. And then still traveling though, like to origins and stuff. That, that'd be the dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, you seem like the type of person who go and get it. You have done it so far. And uh, it was wonderful meeting you. Thank you for sharing your story. It was very inspirational. I think that to see how you, you know, you've been in coffee, you know, for a beep but not like for 20 years, you've, you've come such a long way and it's truly inspiring for many professionals or many people who are thinking to take this career. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah, we, I'm really looking forward to see, you know, what's next for you and sort of follow your, follow you around on the maps and, uh, yeah, very great for the chat. It was uh, very nice. And maybe maybe we could entertain a conversation of uh, maybe having an episode around sustainability because then I can maintain my word because, you know, it's not just me just throwing it there, but maybe you're committed to an episode where I can go a little more diving into sustainability chat and maybe we can come up with a sort of script or sort of research and we can... Uh... Anyway, an idea. Uh, I know you're busy, so you know you gotta train. So, but yeah, that'll be that'll be pretty pretty sick to do it. But yeah, anyway, feeling Duncan, Elfidazen, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a real treat. Thank you for having me. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Damn, that was so nice. Thank you very much, um, Louise. Thank you very much to all of you. Uh, commenting and uh, being here um i just um i i could do this all day um i've done an episode this morning um with nicely and then i've done one today because i you know with the time zone i couldn't you know it had to happen on the same day i just um i just found super interesting what louise had to say so i hope that you you know you you enjoy what she said and there's so much value there um, so if you're new welcome and thank you for being here um, i would love if you share this as a little screenshot and repost it onto your stories it's just um it's always nice to see that so that we can grow all together and uh, yeah thank you thank you eugene you're such a legend thanks for being here and melbourne coffee critique boy babski pink red cafe big shout out to everybody and everyone who's really saying to this as a podcast because if you knew this is also a podcast um we take the episodes and turn them into podcasts so if you missed the previous 84 episodes you can go on spotify you can go on google podcast cast something and all of that so there's a there's a lot there um i just um just uh, you know referring to what you're saying Melbourne Coffee Critique, yeah, sustainability, um, big topic. Um, I'm very passionate, so, you know, I can get dangerous when, uh, when I discuss this topic because I get a little bit of fire going on through my system. Um, yeah, sustainability is a big one. It's just, I've, I've at least come to a point in my life where I understand it's not easy to make changes and that there is no right or wrong. Um, I, I am very much strongly about what we eat, 
um, what we eat has a huge impact on the environment. The, the numbers are like, you know, drives people crazy. Um, and once you look at that, you're like, well, okay. So it's a vast argument because we go from deforestation, what's behind deforestation, we go from methane, uh, we go to, uh, you know, obviously water, we go at resources required, plus pollution, actual pollution. Uh, then we got coffee, the waste, uh, there's a lot to it. Um, that's why it's a big, big topic uh, that requires a little bit of sensibility because we don't want to alienate anybody or making anybody uh, upset, uh, even though it is what it is. But it's, um, I think that the certain countries ahead than Australia, uh, I don't think Australia is, you know, I think that we could do much better. Uh, at the same time, it's okay. Uh, we need to accept that this is not a overnight uh, solution. We're not gonna fix things overnight, but it it's up to us as individuals to understand what goes behind every single dollar that we spend, every single action that we do, from the basics. Okay, you know, go through your day. I think that's probably a good exercise. Go through your day. Wake up. Okay, what have you done? Have you turned on the lights? Yes, no. Have you turned on the grinder? Uh, how much water are you using for your coffee? For your shower how long is your shower and then it goes to breakfast okay so am i drinking cow's milk oat milk almond milk hemp milk cashew milk is that milk made by you because you got a nut bag so it's a waste-free milk or is that milk into a plastic bottle and then you go to obviously single-use plastic so reusable bags reusable cups in this case for coffee and then you know we're all the way through it's big, it's a big topic. But I think if, if you trace your day and you do a little bit of Googling, I think really, really gets to the point where people really understand the footprint. So Melbourne Coffee Critique, this is sort of why it's a big topic, but very important to address. I agree with you. Um, other than that, guys, again, thank you. I'm very grateful for you being here. I hope you're well, I hope you're safe. I haven't done this in a long time because I'm always last minute, but let's have a look. Oh, here, here you go. Big shout out to Tanti, Dan Logan, my friend, uh, Andre, uh, Concetto Conoscenza, Ripping Spro, Mowgli, and uh, we call Boy Babski. So thank you all. Hope to see you to the next episode and be careful. Episode 90 is going to be special. And episode 100 is going to be ridiculously big. So stay tuned, turn on the notification, do all that stuff. And yeah, you're in for some bangers. Today was a banger by all means. But yeah, anyway, see you all real soon.